Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yeah. Gobble, gobble to you. Happy Thanksgiving. It is the Morning Combat Mailbag Holiday Edition. I don't know if maybe you hate your family and this is the only thing you got going for you. <laughs> we'll consider us with you. I'm the American Alpha BC, Brian Campbell. That is Luke Thomas. You know us as your MK duo. And yes, right now in the space time continuum, Luke, as people are watching this, I'm actually in Jamaica on the beach about eight pina coladas deep, got a giant belly, kids running around everywhere. My wife probably hates me. It, it's paradise. Yeah, I have to drive to Richmond, which I am not looking forward to. It's not very far away. It's actually when there's no traffic, just a couple of hours. But the stretch of traffic on I-95 is the worst in America, probably worst anywhere outside of Mumbai. And uh, I'm not looking forward to it. Two of the of the worst places to drive in the world are actually I-95 in the final stretch in Connecticut and I-95 through New York City. So I wouldn't doubt yes. that I-95 to Richmond is just like that. Obviously, we are pre-recording this, but we wanted to respond to the questions you guys send and have a little fun. Uh, Luke, a little precursor here. I've been getting a lot of DMs. Hey, BC, are you, are you getting jaundice? What's up with your yellow eye? Don't forget, guys, I'm old and washed. I slipped off a ladder on some wet and elevated ground while cleaning the gutters the other day. I uh, got a nice little little mini black eye and I actually went for an x-ray today because uh, I, I screwed up my knee. There, I don't know if I tore a ligament or a hamstring or something. Luke, I'm just an old mess, but that's- Did you get, how, how did you get, uh, how was the MRI? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, the x-ray came uh, clean in terms of any bone issues, but they said I got to go to a specialist to find out if I, what I did to any ligaments or whatever. So it, it's not oh, too yeah, bad. X-ray, x-rays are not good for soft tissue damage. Uh, they said there's a calcium deposit, like there's like a fuzzy area where it could be something like that. But uh, I just feel like it's going to snap every time I walk. So, you know, I'll probably just get really drunk and lay around in Jamaica. So it'll be great. But uh, yeah, can't wait to be there. That's where I am right now as you're watching this. Uh, and that's that. Okay, Luke, uh, Thanksgiving, you know, you and I have had some epic rants about it. It's my favorite holiday without question. Just a quick reminder why. No gifts, all about family. So there's no pressure on the gifts. Thanksgiving is the holiday, I think you'll agree, Luke, where people travel and come back home the most. So you have the the best chance to catch up with people, your old friends, your family. And the, the th number three on the three Fs, Luke, family, food. Of course, the food is insanely great. 
And football, dude, when you come from a, a, a factory town, high school football, the rivalry with Ansonia, it's everything. Watching the NFL, playing the family game in the backyard, playing Madden all day. The three Fs go go together like, you know, like, like peanut butter and jelly on Thanksgiving. I love that shit, Luke. Did you have the same affinity growing up for this great holiday? Uh, my family is openly hostile to organized sports. I'm the lone exception in that rule. So the way it works is that if, Thanksgiving is at my house. Well, that's my rules. I'll put on football. I don't give a damn what anyone has to say. But when I travel to either my brother or my sister's house, whatever it ends up being, uh, it's their rules. And they don't ever watch football. So I end up having to catch it kind of after the fact or when I get home or, you know, whatever it may be. It's not a, it's not it's not a great scenario. Those communists. Yeah. I mean, it's a great American holiday because, you know, you just get really gluttonous and, and enjoy your family and, and get fat. It's great. So uh, Luke, we have some fun questions to break down uh, and get into and uh, anything else you want to say to the, to the fine people before we do that. Thumbs up on the video and hit subscribe. <laughs> I mean, is your favorite show doing this on Thanksgiving? No. So probably, so I got not. The, probably you know, not. This has got to be uh, the one that should have been. So uh, shout out to us. Uh, shout out to you. Uh, Luke, do you want to uh, read the first one here? I'm, I'm trying to find my, find my. Uh, sure, I can do that as we kind of, you know, fuck our way through this. All right, BC, very simple question: What does your Thanksgiving plate look like? Yes, yes, I have uh, always gone to my dad's side of the family on Thanksgiving, so there's always been a loaded house, a lot of aunts, grandmas that can cook. So the traditional Campbell plate on Thanksgiving. By the way, my mom has also learned how to cook in this manner. She makes a mean Thanksgiving uh, meal. I know you and I have debated and argued in the past, but turkey to me is, is is just something you put on the side. The main course of the meal for us French Canadians is the meat pie. That's the centerpiece. That is incredible. It's a pie crust with, with some beef, chicken, and turkey all mixed together with some cinnamon spice on top of it. It's that, it's that finely grounded, breaded beef uh, or meat, excuse me, inside of there. And then you put the toppings on. So I'm a mashed potato guy, gravy, corn. Corn to me is such a huge part. The, the true MVP is the stuffing, though. Uh, and then, Luke, we've already debated many times. I like me some cranberry, but I like the cheap, smooth cranberry so sauce. Gross. Not the not the uppity, you know, actual chunk berries. F that crap. Give me the crap mashed potatoes, the crap gravy with the crap thing. You know, all that. I'll do. I'll do a uh, uh, cat. What? Uh, green bean casserole. I'll throw a little there. I'll do a little turnip. I'll throw a little there just for the just for the variety. Get me a roll. Um, and my aunt Cheryl makes some lasagna with it, which sounds wacky, but it, it kind of fits in nice uh, when you put it all together. And obviously my plate is overflowing and everything's mixing together. And it's just American joy, Luke. That's what I do on Thanksgiving. What about you? Uh, my brother and my sister are much better cooks than me. So I'm usually at the mercy of what they make, but I'm also lucky in that way. So obviously there would be turkey, but it's going to be prepared. It's going to be like a heritage turkey. You ever had a heritage turkey? I don't know what that means. Oh, buddy, you, you're just, you, I mean, you don't even have any concept of what you are missing. If you're going, just get in the butterball joints. You got to get the heritage turkey. That's a completely different ball game. Uh, it's like the Brock Lesnar of turkeys. I mean, not, not even, it's like going in, like, uh, get riding a Clydesdale as opposed to like a regular horse. It's fucking unbelievable. Okay. It's huge too. Um, so we'd have one of those. My brother would probably make it a number of different ways. I fried it um, one of my Thanksgivings, which was unbelievable, uh, but they won't do that. But then my brother will always have some kind of red meat that is prepared impeccably 
He's big on a sous vide kick. You ever had sous vide meat? What, you must what have. the hell is sous vide, Luke? <laughs> oh my god, dude, where do you eat that you don't know about any of these culinary mechanisms? Or well, like think it? about first of all, just just real quick. I'm usually at a you know growing up, I'd be at a Thanksgiving dinner at my grandmother's that had like 55, 60 people. So we're not necessarily Luke looking at the most gourmet time put in. You know, it's like it's like a soup kitchen type deal. So we like the slop. Are you talking about super? like elite gourmet cooking in your family? I wouldn't call it like super elite gourmet, uh, but it's basically when they cook it in the bag through a vacuum is essentially how it's made. Like ceviche is food cooked in acid and sous vide is like essentially the, the vacuum or, or through pressure anyway, I should say. Um, although I believe there's a heat component as well um, through the water. Anyway, long story short, it's uh, it, the meat comes out insanely tender. From there, it's a bit it's a bit interesting. So my brother married a, a a a very lovely woman, but from the south. So she'll make any kind of pie that's got uh, a fruit in it, like a peach pie or a blueberry pie, and they're always fresh. They're amazing. She makes those from scratch. Yes. Uh, she makes the mac and cheese, unbelievably gluttonous. You know, the, I mean, the cheese is just overwhelming. It's amazing. From there, though, it, it's it's hard to say exactly. I will be honest because of my. <laughs> my digestive issues i have like legitimate digestive issues at this age i will i gotta throw some greens on that plate man i don't i don't like care to admit it i'm not recommending it i'm not saying it's cool i mean i'll do the green bean casserole but it's like breaded vegetables basically <sighs> no i gotta have something that kind of helps the food digest so i'd have a little bit of like you know mescaline salad or something but it's usually a bit of a grab bag from there from there like my wife will sometimes make some food oh so ooh, we'll make well, like put a little yeah so let me let me ask you this since since yeah. she is a uh uh, straight from Colombia, but but has been in the U.S. a while. Uh, has she adjusted to this whole Thanksgiving idea? She obviously didn't grow up with anything similar, right? No, they have, there's no there's no uh, such thing like that over there. Um, she's come around to it, but like even then, she didn't really start celebrating until we dated. So that's only the last ten plus years in the course of her life. That's not that many. Um, she likes it not as much as Christmas. Christmas is huge in Colombia. It's a big Catholic country. You can kind of imagine, but. Um, she gets around to it. What the, the Colombian empanadas, they're much smaller. They're like almost bite size. Yeah. Um, and they're made with like a corn tortilla. So you put like lime on them and uh, whatever else. And they're fucking amazing. So we'll bring some of those. Okay. My wife will sometimes make uh, ropa vieja, which is this really good kind of shredded beef. Um, yeah, dude, I get busy. I get busy on Thanksgiving. Your brother's wife, though, makes a mean cherry pie. How is her pound cake? Has she made pound cake? I don't think she's made pound cake for us yeah. yet uh if she somebody can, can really cook southern style and can do like the corn muffins and the cornbread and all that shit i'm i'm down luke yeah that's her specialty that's her route and a lot of times she grows the fruit herself so we're pretty lucky i, I i'm i'm pretty spoiled and then for drink what, what are you drinking with that uh if i'm going to uncle tony's he's got bud light cans shout out to uncle tony <laughs> uh there's uh you know glass of milk doesn't hurt with that i like that luke i like that um I would say with that one, you know, I always find an excuse for red wine. So I'll probably have, Ooh, oh, nice. see what, see what my family comes hey, up you with. You guys there. are actually pretty sophisticated. Plus you have actual chefs in your, you know, restaurateurs in your family. So yeah, that's, so what will be the, the activity? Because, you know, in my house, in my family house, it would be video game tournaments, outdoor football, a lot of eating, telling stories. What do they do at the Thomas uh, house? I think it's at my sister's place this year. So I think making a fire um i'm not sure she's got what usually what happens is if whoever's house we rotate at they kind of just set the rules we haven't done it yeah. at my sister's place in a long time 
Um, also, I didn't go to Thanksgiving last year because of the pandemic. So your guess is as good as mine. I guess we'll see. Obviously, my daughter's going to be with me, so some outdoor activity is going to be inevitable. Will Will Pepe and Abuela go? They will not. They will not. I think they're going to be in Colombia, actually. So uh, it's just going to be me, my wife, and my kid. All right. Sounds sounds good. You guys are probably enjoying it as we speak, as people are watching this right now. Luke, our second question here is, what are the three fights we need to see in 2022? Now, I think we should include boxing, MMA, uh, Triller, Trigon, <laughs> fight, uh, BKFC, uh, Super Bowls. Uh, Luke, uh, we can alternate here one at a time. Let's start with you. What's the number one fight in 2022 in combat sports you need to see? 2022 that I need to see. Um, now, I've got one at the top of my mind. Let me think for just a second if there's a better. Oh, well, this is easy for me. Max versus Volkanovsky. Oh, Simple. three. Yes. The, yes. Thir- the third. The, like, you know, who's leave or go home or whatever it is. Stay or go home and our winner takes all. Whatever you want to say. Whatever the proper description is that is top of the line for me there's a bunch of other great ones you could go to actually it's not that hard to think of several but i just feel like that has so much weight on it for that division those two guys careers two decorated careers one hall of fame career at least for now could maybe they'll be two down the line we'll see but um that's a big one what about you uh it normally would have been spence crawford but i i think like a lot of boxing fans were we're sort of souring on the idea, not not that we don't want to see it, not that we don't think it's still possible, but th- that it's it's missed its prime window because Crawford's 34, Spence is, you know, had a lot of health concerns and and now he's got the eye surgery and all that. So look, I'd say my number one most anticipated of one I have to see, I hope we see, you know, it's probably still Fury Joshua for all four belts. And and obviously it's like we may not even get there. We may, you know what I mean? Like Usyk's got to get the rematch. Uh, we could see Fury against Dillian White. Boxing politics could play a role. But, Luke, you know as good as well as I do, you can get all four heavyweight belts for a first-time undisputed champion, two giant stars that you put it in a soccer stadium outdoors in the U.K. with 100,000 fans. That has, a, like, an actual Super Bowl feel, which we don't always get in this sport. You know, usually our biggest fights are in MGM Grand, which is great, but, you know, it's all high rollers. It's a 16,000-people max. We're talking about an outdoor stadium with two larger-than-life personalities to crown the heavyweight king. Mm-hmm. Even though that style matchup, yeah, like uh, every other fight I could offer to you is a better style matchup, probably more competitive. But there's a there's an element of like royalty and luster to this that if we end up getting Fury and Joshua, it'll mean more. It might mean more than any boxing fight since Mayweather Pacquiao. Ooh. Um that might be right. That might be right. Because Canelo is doing something absurd and amazing. But a lot of these times, you're learning about his opponent for the first time to the right. casual audience, rather than being these two enormous forces colliding. It's a good point. You might be right. Mm-hmm. Also, like just thinking about what the fan base might want, I would imagine they're, they're going to want the winner of uh, Gone. Well, first of all, you're going to get Gone versus Francis in January, right? Ooh. So there's that. Then the okay, winner well, of that would you real quick would you want John Jones versus the winner of that more than you want Gone versus Ingano? I would say speak. I mean, you know, individual preferences are going to be where they are, but just sort of like looking at where the fan base's interest is at, it, the answer to that would be unequivocally yes. In part because, like, dude, what what's he doing? How long is he going to be here? What's it all going to mean? Plus, there's that X factor about Stipe. He's still not done yet. And by the way, maybe he's not necessarily at the peak of his prime, but it might be real dumb to bury him too. Like, 
there's a lot of ways that the very top of that heavyweight division could play out in a number of different respects. And, you know, by the way, what if Francis and Gon ends up being like, I think we all kind of expect Francis versus Gon to be like decidedly one way or the other. Right. Either Francis is going to completely maybe he'll have some troubles, but, you know, viciously KO him or Gon's just going to kind of pick him apart over the course of five rounds or however long it lasts and win. Like you kind of expect one or two of the other two. You're not like, gee, I don't know what's really going to happen here in terms of what the complexion might look like. Um, but who knows? Who knows what that actually ends up being like? There's a lot of different ways you could go. I'd say my most anticipated uh, MMA fight is one that luckily is already on the calendar. Look, I've convinced myself that. Uh, Adesanya Whitaker two will be everything the first one was maybe supposed to be, and I, I don't mean I was disappointed by the first one. It's just that it was it was a little surpri surprising to me the ease that Adesanya mm -hmm. ended up finishing him. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to see three of these, and and then well, if I say that, it means I think Whitaker is going to win the second one, right? I just think that this is a rivalry that will matter, and that uh, this second one is 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 going to be a tremendous fight. Remember, you know, Adesanya got pushed into like a real drag down affair with Gastelum. I feel like this has the potential to be that kind of title fight where it's uh it's all blood, guts, and glory. And I, you know, just look at how many times we've seen two great fighters, and sometimes the first time they meet, it's you know one sided as hell, right? But then someone makes an adjustment and maybe the ledger doesn't change in terms of who won and who lost. Like, in other words, the same person wins both. But that second fight is a completely different story. I, I, first of all, I am not in any way dismissing Whitaker's chances of winning. I think they are as real as they have ever been. Probably the very best. In fact, that's sort of the point I'm making. I don't know who's going to win that one, but I am guessing it's going to be razor close. Well, razor like, close. I if, Adesanya, if Adesanya smokes him twice... I mean, that would be an extraordinary achievement. And and I favored Whitaker in the first one. I think the betting odds did as well. And I I it's I never thought we'd get here, but I actually think he might be in a better place, you know, than he was then with the, with this win streak. So that that really ups the ante on what I expect. Uh, Luke, what would you say is is your number three most anticipated? You can go wild card here. You could go dream fight. You could go, you know, non title. I have fight one. I have one. I have one. And I'm not again. This is a, I'm only saying this because I'm just playing this game a little bit. Maybe it actually isn't my number three. I'll go Shevchenko Nunes three. Yes. I think that I don't know how much time Nunez has left in the sport. Listen, those fights, the first one was fun, actually. It was, it was not great, but it was pretty good. Second fight sucked. It was not awesome. You know, you didn't, it wasn't a thrilling fight. I mean, when you say it's bad, like, you know, it sounds like you're blaming them. It was what it was, but it was not exciting. I don't think anybody on earth could argue that it was exciting. Third one might be just the same, but I feel like it's important to get that resolution, BC. I agree with you on that. I agree with you. I'm, uh, I would put that in my top five. And I'm trying to think, trying not to get too hipster. You know, what? what, what is the fight? What is the fight that, I, that I'm freaking dying for, that I need to see? Don't you feel like Jan Sterling was also one that came to mind? No, I, I mean, for a second one? I don't need to see that. I feel like I learned everything I did from the, from the first one. I kind, you know me. I get pumped for the wild card type fight. So I'm thinking of like Suhudo coming back against somebody you didn't think he would. Now, not mm. necessarily Volkanovski. Mm. Oh, so how about I, this? How about this? Suhudo Jan. Suhudo Jan would be one of those just hardcore dreams. Yes, 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 yes. Maybe I would put that right there. I think we're at a weird spot in boxing, Luke. Where normally I can give you seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, fights. I'm hoping for. There's none, just there's not a ton like leaping out, jumping out at me. So, does that mean we've gotten good fights we wanted lately, or we're just at a standstill? 
I mean, I want Canelo or, or, to or, or listen, but... listen, what happens? What happens if Porter, uh, you know, we're recording this, you know, at a time where I shouldn't say this, but we don't know if Porter has won against Crawford or not. Like, we don't know. So there's I... a lot. I mean, you just, dude, you every time, this is what it, true or false, BC. And it's more true in MMA because MMA is super chaotic and so young that the sport is still evolving. It's a little less true in boxing, but it is true in both. Dude, every time you feel like you know how the contours of the game works, like, okay, these kinds of guys beat these kinds of guys. That one's going to beat this one. This one loses. This camp is better. Every time you feel like you've got it sorted, some result comes through and just shakes up all that shit. And you're like, nope, that's actually not the way it works. And so you have to rethink things all the time. Uh, you know, in the spirit of that, who knows? Who knows what, yeah. who, what could happen between now and then? What I was forgetting was was the lightweight division in boxing and all those young names we always talk about. If I had to make one matchup out of there, Luke, and no, I don't think we're going to see it in 2022, I think my favorite matchup would be Teofimo Lopez against uh, Gervonta Davis. I think oh. that's good. Good oh. God. That's great. Oh. <laughs> Imagine that when they're this young. Imagine doing that. Oh, oh golly, dude. That would – I told you, like, I told BC this after it happened – it's been a long while since uh, I had covered boxing in a relatively uh, consistent way, almost 10 years or more, really. And, um, uh, you know, so in, in my mind, uh, boxing has still been sort of a, a mental prioritization on the back burner for me. And, and but I don't want to live that way. The way I want to live is that the best fight should live on the front burner, whatever that may end up being, including kickboxing or whatever. Like I want the best fights to be on the front burner for me personally. I'm not telling anyone else to live that way. And then after the Canelo fight was over, when he delivered, dude, he had that crowd eating out of his fucking palm, man. You had to be there. It was unbelievable. The, the support this guy has. And then he delivers the way he did, man. That was the first time in a long time. I was like, dude, that, I felt much better watching the boxing fight than the UFC fight, which I'm not even making a claim, BC, that the boxing fight was better or that you need to agree. Right. I'm not even. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying I finally got that feeling about boxing that I used to have a little bit more regularly. And to your point, Lopez versus Davis in 2022 would would I, I don't know how you couldn't feel that way about that fight. You know, I just anytime you could get a fight, which we get all the time in UFC. Thank you very much in boxing where they're actually younger than older. Like, we always get them when they're either too old or just a little bit past prime. Imagine if you got a super fight a little early and you just had no idea what it's going to look like. That's just the dream, Luke. The All right, we got to move these a little bit quicker because I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, you probably have to take one. First of all, you probably have to take Oh, my God, dude. Today, it's been unbelievable. I mean, yeah, you just can't crazy. imagine. Please, let's break it down. Luke, like, if you had a... Niagara Falls. If you had to cook a meal for Gordon it's Ramsay. It's my turn. I go, I oh, go now. Sorry, sorry, Luke. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? If you, Brian Campbell, had to cook a meal for Gordon Ramsay without getting roasted, which, by the way, I'm not sure if that's possible, but still, <laughs> what would you try cooking for him? So the spirit of this question is what would be your best meal that you could put right. forward? Whether it's what, what is the one or... you can execute the best? Man, I'm uh, this. This really makes me look very sad and pathetic. So I can execute. I can turn me. You know when I'm at my best. Well, my wife. It's rarely happens, but when she goes away for a full week to a work thing or whatever, and I have to feed the kids. Uh, you know, I, I go for it, and I come through. I can follow a recipe. I've had disastrous endings. I've had some good ones, but I don't cook enough to have even established like a couple go tos. So that shows you how little I cook. Um, I do make a mean baked bean casserole, Luke. But Gordon would shit all over that, you know. That. Yeah, uh, you would probably because you'd be open. I mean, how many cans do you open up to make that that a casserole? Lot, a lot. Luke. Yeah, a you're lot. gonna get murdered for that because you're eating processed foods. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty awful. I don't even have honestly, an answer. dude. I'm not saying that like the way I make it 
is like super good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying like, oh, you'd come to my house. This is the best you'd ever have. Not my argument. But the question says, without getting roasted, what they didn't ask for you was to get like super high praise. Oh my God, this is the best ever. Just, all right, I'm not going to kill you for it. How about a steak? I can cook a steak pretty well. Like, I'm not like the best you've ever had. I can roast it over open flame. I know how to season it. I know what kind of beef to look for, what kind of cuts. Um, I've done it a lot. I've got pretty good experience with it. I can do it with a flat uh, with a skillet, uh, a flat iron uh, skillet in the uh, in the oven for like filet mignon. I can do it out on the open grill too. Like I'm pretty good at it. Um, yeah, I think I could do it without getting murdered. I don't think he'd eat the steak and be like, "Wow, this is like salt bay. You should salt it like this from now on." I don't think he would do that. But he might. He might be like, "All right, you fucking stupid American bloke. I won't kill you for it. I feel like I can get by on that." All right, all right, that's fair, Luke. Uh, keeping the countdown rolling. If you could know, I look, God, I love this question. Luke, if you could know the absolute and total truth about one question, what would it be? Wow, Luke. Wow. Would you waste it on something petty because it's been eating at you? Or would you go for something, you know, that, that proves our existence and our meaning in life? What would you do? I don't know. Um, that's a really great question. Jesus. Um, It'd be fun to burn it on something stupid like who shot Kennedy, you know? Yeah, but it's funny you say it. Right now, right now on my TV, right there, I have paused. Uh, do you see Showtime just came out with that new Oliver Stone, uh, JFK, uh, uh-uh. uh, not the movie, which he did, but JFK documentary, which which looks at the files that were unearthed in recent years, like the, the ones that were declassified for years, and it puts together all the the lies and all that it's very interesting luke i I would use mine probably on 9-11 to be fair i would want the absolute truth on 9-11 just just straight up everything who knew what one million percent give me the truth that's what i would do i would even want that more than i would want like what happens to us after we die because i i I, i'm a little bit more content with my belief where of that so i i I would want to prove basically just prove to you luke that i'm not crazy by getting the 9-11 truth okay so that's one. I, I guess the one I would ask, because you could get a lot of other answers from this, would be um, what is the purpose of life, right? Because if the purpose were to serve some kind of higher power and whoever was able to answer this question could tell you with unequivocal truth that that was, in fact, the, op- the, the way in which you live life, that would change a lot for me, right? Yes. Uh, and you would know several things now all at once and how to orient your life. Like it kind of solves a lot for you. Versus, I feel you like know. I already know that, Luke. I feel like I already have that answer. Okay, to love and be loved, and and, and <laughs> right, you, know, you have an answer. Good. Whether or not it is truthful is uh, a different question. But you do have an answer. My number oh, two would true. be uh, our the Earth's role in the larger solar system and what's really out Ooh. there, and and you know if we are the dominant species or not. That is cool. And number three would be, you know, did Houston Alexander accept money to allow Kimbo to slam him all over the octagon that time, right? And not throw any punches. Or did Stipe tap? We could we could we could yeah, ask that question as well. Another, that's a fair one. Yes. All right, BC number five. What is the most ridiculous thing someone has tricked you into doing or believing? So I wish I had some, you know, teen hijink story or you know, drunken story of somebody playing a elaborate prank and I fell for it. But you know what? What if somebody said, like, what's your top three most embarrassed you've ever been in your life? Luke, spoiler alert, if anyone has their children and if they're young listening right now regarding the holidays and that large fat man. Okay. And three, two, one. Luke, when I was a child, um, I believed everything my parents said, because I will say this about my dad. You know, 
like anyone else, he's got good and bad qualities, but he's the most honest person I've ever met to a okay. fault. Just, just okay. the integrity of his honesty is unshakable. I'm not at that level. I, I aspire to be in a lot of ways. So when they told me Santa Claus was real, despite everyone at school saying no, my sister saying no, um, there, you know, most kids, Luke, when did you find out the truth on that? What grade? Not entirely sure, but pretty early. Like some yeah. of my first memories are of like, oh, I understand what Christmas is about. Like, I don't have a whole lot of memories of Christmas as like Santa being involved. So, I mean, I purposely, because of this story and how, you know, wounded I am, told my kids very early. And most people tell me, oh, I was five or six or seven. Luke, I held the belief through fifth grade. <laughs> So, Luke, um, it's because I would go back to the well to my parents and be like, look. Dude, that is unbelievable. Be you like, went into class being like, yo, fuck you, motherfuckers. Santa is the shit. That's fuck the thing. You. So, little by little, you'd hear people going, dude, come on, wake up. It's not real. And then I'd go home. My parents would be like, nope, it is. It is. I remember specifically in fifth grade going to them being like, it's down to me and one other person in my class, uh, Rubina Veloso, shout out. I don't know where she is today. Me, Rubina and I were the only two that still held on, Luke. And people were like making fun of me and clowning me in fifth grade and telling me blah, blah, blah. And I went home that day so upset. And I'm like, mom and dad, I stood in front of them and like defended it to the grave and was like, no, you guys are wrong. You don't understand. My parents said so, and they wouldn't lie to me. And then Luke, they were like, oh no, they, you did that? They were like, okay, maybe we should tell you now. You know, we were lying. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Luke, I didn't just defend it like once or twice. I defended it for like multiple years. And uh, finding out your whole world, uh, you know, had been a lie and uh, you had been a liar. Uh, Bro, you were like Malcolm X up in there. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Yes. yes. Um, I was like the people who, uh, who went, you know, we're all the way to the death saying no to the vaccine. And I mean, look, it's, it's not good. It's not good. So that's Jesus, the most, dude, that's, a bad, that's a bad one. I mean, I've had some super embarrassing ones tricked. Um, oh, I got one. I got it. Okay. I mean, there's, I could pick several. I mean, Lord knows my life has been a series of just punctuated, embarrassing moments strung together <laughs> and being lied uh, to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one was when I just got assigned to my first Marine Corps unit. It was actually at a Richmond. It's the one I shouted out because I was with them my entire time. Hotel battery, 314, 4th Mardiv. And, um, I, so I checked into the unit and, you know, you meet the, the I and I captain and, um, then they send you to your particular, um, squad for whatever your job is. And I was working, um, I made a lap move eventually over to the Hill where I would do call for fire missions, but started out as a field radio operator. And so I had to go to the comm section and I remember I went to the comm section and there, you know, got checked in, got introduced the whole nine yards. And they were like, hey, Thomas, I had like no rank at this point. I think I was like not even, I think I was a private, like not even private first class, like nothing. And they were like, yo, Thomas, uh, we got to go install all these Singar radios. Go get the keys to the Hummer. And I'm like, well, where are they? And they're like, uh, go to the motor pool. So I go down to the motor pool and I'm like, okay, uh, I'm from comms. My, you know, I, I, need the, I need the keys to the Humvee, you know, the Hummer. And they're like, oh, right, right, right. Head down to the gun line. They got the keys. I'm like, why would the fucking keys be at the gun line? But okay, so I go down to the gun line. And I go to the gun line, you know, 
platoon sergeant or whatever i'm like okay i need the, the keys to the humvee and they're like oh right right go check in um go check in supply dude this fucking shit went on <laughs> for like four days i'm like dude where are the motherfucking keys to the motherfucking humvee i this is what in the fuck dude i've been to i've been to the cook i've been to the fucking sick bay i mean this, you couldn't believe the shit they had me doing climbing up on roofs and shit like it was i, I was like where the motherfucking shit are the motherfucking hum keys to the humvee here's what they don't tell you <laughs> military humvees don't even need keys you just flick a fucking switch like <laughs> they don't exist so they had me chasing this shit for four days asking everyone who mattered at any place any job so basically they had the idea like oh here comes Fucking stupid Thomas. Hey, stupid Thomas. Nice to meet you. Great job. Now I've identified you as the fucking idiot from Com who went around and spent four days asking everyone for keys to a vehicle that doesn't even need fucking keys. Oh, that's great. That's great. They were like, yeah, go down the street. There's a guy named Jody. When he's done sleeping with your family members, he'll uh, he'll pull it out of his groin. Jo Jody's right. got your keys. Am I right? Ah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Luke, we will keep the countdown rolling here. Uh, there's a question for me and you. Let's start with you. Oh, no, let's start with me. Uh, BC, you must. I must pick four ex-NBA players who have a minimum of five years out of the league to fill out my men's league team. Who am I picking and why? Dude, I've Luke, got two for you that you must pick. You think the spirit of this question is like, so I could play with my favorite ex-players or that so I could beat up all the guys in my old guy I league? think I mean, to make the funnest team. All right. Oh, to I'm win a championship. I'm going to pick KG. KG, he's in, still in incredible shape, and he'll yep. be so – because I am the KG of my weekly old guy league. It, it's it's Forget it's still real to me, damn it. That's my NBA Finals when I show up there each week. That's my battlefield, Luke. I've got to push people to near punch throwing because in between those lines is, is the only place on earth where I'm allowed to fight and scratch and claw. So I want KG next to me. Um you're going to need a dead eye shooter. So why don't you give me like, like Mark price. Remember him? The old Cavs point guard. He's probably yes. in his late fifties. Now I guarantee you he's playing some pickup league in suburban Ohio and just raining down. Th Bro, Luke. there's two names you have to pick, have who? to pick. Oh, who, who should number who one agent zero Gilbert arenas. Yeah. Okay. You okay. got to pick Gilbert arenas. You know why that's awesome. Okay. You know why that's awesome. When I play every week in my old guy league, you know what shoes I wear? The 2005 Agent Zero made specially for the New Orleans NBA All-Star Game shoes that Adidas made that have like the New Orleans, uh, you know, what's that that flower, the, the fleur? The, the fleur de lis. Yeah, that has that all over them. And it, and it says in the back, Zero with a line through it. Dude, I wear those every single time. I would That's love awesome. me some Agent Zero in that pickup. But he'd be talking so much trash. Look, when he would do those walk-off three-pointers and turn his back, that's like Al Bundy rolling that strike and, and you know, turn around and going before it even hits also yes. bro he'll just bring he'll just bring guns in the gym bag to the yes. to the court yes, like y'all want to talk shit he's got gilbert strapped so fuck y'all um and dude and jason williams bring... remember remember jason williams what was that his name right Wait, the, the, guy that, the guy that shot his uh limo driver okay no who was okay so my 90s knowledge is now who was the white guy who went to school with okay that, um, that's white chocolate jason williams from florida i was thinking of former nets NBA All Star. Okay, yeah, I'm talking. The, I'm talking the guy I went to school with, Randy Moss, who could like no look the shit Not out of the Not to be pass. confused with Jay Williams, who I once played basketball against. At okay, but hold on. Jason Williams is playing as it today, like in real life, plays in pickup leagues. So like he's kind of like doing that life already, dude. He yeah. and Gilbert Arenas, and they would pass the ball to you. They get you wide open. Okay, that's dude, my backcourt. 
me, KG, Mark Price, and then I'd take Birdman. Remember Chris Anderson with the wild ass yeah. hair and the tats? I met, I met him. Oh, you did? What was it like? Mm-hmm. Did you guys do uh, ecstasy together or anything? No, no, no. It was at an MMA event. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. That's it. Uh, the other part was, Luke, you are allowed to pick two people to work out with from any time. Who are you working out with and what part of the body on that day? All right, so this is an easy one, I think. First would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. No problem. And we're going to work out chest because Arnold Schwarzenegger has perhaps the most impressive pectorals uh, genetically and then even from a guy who was, you know, peaked in the 70s. Most impressive he, chest since Anna Nicole Smith. If you're, if yes, I mean, really just huge. Arnold Schwarzenegger has unbelievable titties. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> and then um you know he's all banged up now well here, so i was gonna say ronnie coleman because he's like the other sort of king of bodybuilding like if there's a mount rushmore of bodybuilding it doesn't exist without schwarzenegger and ronnie coleman there's, obviously would need some other ones on there but those two are be foundational easiest one to call ever um but you know he's all banged up now. What about like working out with one of like the original strongmen from like the 19th century? Dudes who were fucking yoked in like 1807 and shit with like uh, circus dumbbells. That doesn't interest me at all. Luke, no. All right. No. Um. So I, I then to keep it. I mean Eugene Sandow, who they the, the Sandow folks who don't know like the, the Sandow Trophy is what they hand out to the winner of Mr. Olympia, the greatest bodybuilding competition in the world. That's the one Schwarzenegger made famous. That's the one Coleman dominated. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd say, okay, I'll, my answers will be sh- chest with Schwarzenegger back with Ronnie Coleman. Okay. And then, uh, people want me to say legs there. I'm not going to say legs there. And then I would say overhead press with Eugene Sandow. How about that? Uh, who, as an honorable you, mention. I don't mean this as a joke. Would you prefer that Arnold was the one that shot you up in the ass? Like, would that be an honor to you? It would be a great honor to me. <laughs> To do anabolic steroids with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the seventies, yes. Can I have the windrawl, please, in the stanozol? Yeah. Yes. Thank whatever, you. whatever horse. You know, everyone makes fun of people for taking ivermectin for horse pace. Let me tell you something: if they're taking horse steroids and Schwarzenegger says thumbs up, this yes. guy's taking it. Yeah, you're damn right. By the way, Luke, if you ever you do know Max Bretos? Yes. He has a tremendous. Arnold Schwarzenegger story that he uh, witnessed that he does the voices for. You need to add, just say straight up, be like, VC's like, tell me the Arnold Schwarzenegger story. And then also be like, tell me the Jean-Claude Van Damme story as well. And it will blow your mind. Luke, actually, you know what? We should do it. <laughs> if he's willing to tell both stories on camera, I we bet you that'd probably, be our, that'd probably be our highest watched uh, MK clip. Yeah, we. I actually like the idea. Like, we'll just talk to people that we know who have amazing stories of yes. celebrity encounters. Todd Grisham has an insane story of working out with Vince McMahon. I'd love to get that on there as well. Yes. All right. Uh, number seven for you, BC. If you could, now, this is what it says. If you could witness any event, past, present, or future, what would it be? I guess they mean literally anything like the fall of the Berlin Wall or, yeah. you know, whatever. It's kind of a um, dumb question. I, I, you know, since we, we, we all often think through, uh, you know, a sports lens, 
throw up based on our professions. I was I was thinking more of like you know kind of what what we asked you in the wheel of death with the with the donks. You know what fight would you be ringside for? And you know I could easily say, knowing what I know now on the theatrics, imagine being at the Mandalay Bay for Corrales Castillo one. I mean it just going through that emotion. I would pick uh, in team sports. I'd pick game six of the 86 world series Mets red Sox, just to be in the euphoria of that, because let's not forget they got down, you know, Mets got down to their final strike of that series multiple times in the extra innings there and rallied back. And, and even though they didn't even win the series with that game to be, a, I mean, look, the times that I, in 2000, I told you in the past that I, I went to both Mets clinching games uh, to beat the giants and then to beat the Cardinals to go to the subway series and just the euphoria in those games. And they didn't have, you know, exciting endings. They were just regular clinching wins. Dude, that that was that one, that was a drug, man. That was something next level. Could you imagine being in the crowd for your favorite team's, you know, most most insane comeback win? I mean, that's that that that's probably what I would pick. I mean, the problem with trying to do it like with history, Luke, is it's all bad stuff, right? It's like, well. Could I be standing right there when Jack Ruby shot <laughs> shot Oswald? I mean, that'd be pretty cool, right? It could be on camera. I mean, I don't know. What is the pick here? I mean, could I watch Joan of Arc burn at the stake? I don't know, Luke. What you know? Watch the uh, the uh, the the the. What what do you, where do we go with this, Luke? I don't like. Could also like any event. Could I go back and watch my eighth birthday or something? You know. Is that on the table as well? Can, can Luke go back and watch his own conceivement? I'm sure. Yeah, no, fuck own. that. I'd rather just die altogether. <laughs> I, I, I kind of answered this one already, but any other thing I would want to see would be... Oh, when my ancestors eliminated the dinosaurs. If I could see that play out in front of me, Luke. Hey, my daughter's crying. Can you hear? It sounds like... Uh, oh, she does sound upset. Is she feeling better, Luke? She is feeling better, but now she doesn't want to go to sleep, and it's late. She usually is already napped by now, so now she's cranky. So it's great. That's yeah, the weekend, whatever. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh, okay, and I can't go in there and help. Oh, her they said I have shit they to said do. future. If you could witness any future event, Luke, um, the the first female president getting sworn in, Luke, would you be there with 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 some go back to the kitchen signs? Was that what you're, is that what you're into? Would be Luke? I mean, what are we? Uh, the, it's not my take. That's you know certainly. Right. I, uh, this question's dumb. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Luke, what is the story of the last time you were kicked out of a public place? It's actually a good question, man. I got to tell you, from like 2002 to 2010, maybe no, not that far. 2002 to 2007 or eight, dude. I got thrown out of half the bars in DC. I mean, it's my life was shambles. What a disaster. So in New York, what, were you, too, what was, were you largely thrown out for being too drunk, too drunk, being rowdy, <laughs> sometimes fighting, uh, just being a complete nuisance, you know? Uh, and also I've told you the story, but that one time I got thrown out of like a bunch of places with my Marine friend who came back from Iraq and was drunk. And then we went, went to the strip club and he just was an animal, you know, it's I've had, I've had, so, okay. So the last time, well, technically the last time I don't really, I didn't feel like I deserved to get thrown out, but I did get thrown out. I think I want to say the last time was like 2009 and I went to this bar, uh, over on M street and I'm, I'm in like 19th next to La Bucaria, like, uh, this, this like eatery from, uh, it's the chef. And but I didn't go there. It was like this bar next to it. And I don't know if that bar still exists, but we got our drinks inside and went outside. The weather was nice. I don't remember exactly what time of year it was, but the weather was nice. 
And I remember there was this like rando, like shitty CVS balloon, like a heart shaped Mickey thing on like barely tied to one of the um, like the fence posts on the outside of the bar. And I literally thought it was like trash. I mean, I didn't I didn't know it was anything. So I, I, I grabbed it and I just yanked it off and let it go. Like I didn't you know, I, did, I was just fucking around like I didn't mean anything by it. And the bouncer got like right in my face and was like, that's it, buddy. You're gone. And I'm like, and I literally didn't even understand what the fuck he was talking about. I'm like, for what? He's like, you're fucking with our property. The balloon was ours. I'm like, dude, we're going to, you're going to throw, I'm a paying, dude, I will be here and spend money here. Trust me. Like, you're going to throw me out for that shit. He's like, get your shit and go. And I'm like, okay. All right. You know, went, got my ID inside the bar. And I I mean, I'm not going to fight the guy over, but I was just like, you're a fucking dumbass, dude. You know, but I guess you can do what you want. I've been thrown out of three different bars for throwing up right out in like the middle of them. <laughs> um, I told you that story of getting thrown out of the bar at Seton Hall called The Hall in 1999, where I drank 16 vodka and something else. And I ended up doing the DX chop on my back while grinding in the middle of the dance floor with all a crowd of people around me. And the security guards were like, you cannot do that here. And they threw me out. Um, I got thrown out of Shea Stadium in 2001. Luke, remember we talked about like, doing thing, putting yourself in unnecessary danger for no reason when you're younger. Mm-hmm. In 2001, I went to cut, co- I was a reporter for a newspaper. I went to cover a baseball game in Stanford, Connecticut. It rained as I pulled up, they canceled the game. And, and I was like, you know what? The Mets are playing tonight. Why don't I just drive to Shea stadium? Cause I saw that the weather was going to clear up soon on the drive to Shea stadium solo. I bought a six pack of bud and drank the whole thing. And then when I got there, Luke, I just started like, I I remember I spent $100 in food that night, food and drink on myself, $100 in one crappy regular season game. This is what it's like when you move out and, you know, and you just be, you live alone. And I went, I finally was like sitting, sitting all over the stadium and getting thrown out of seats. I finally went up to the corner of the uh, left field bleachers at the old Chase stadium that overlooks the bullpen down below. You remember Jose Mesa? The old clothes yes. playing for the Phillies then. Yeah, the handlebar mustache and whatever. I just let out like a 15-minute straight assault when he was warming up of like, Jose Mesa, your mom, blah, blah, F, 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 F. Just like straight up just killing <laughs> him. And each pitch, he turns around, he looks up, and he's like, give me the middle finger, and he's giving me the blowjob sign. And finally, I just let out like 75 consecutive foul words in a row about his mother. And he was like, Fuck you! And he reach he, he he tells the like the little guy next to him to go go get the security card. Within Luke, like five minutes, they must have called. Security comes running. They grab me up in the seats, up in the upper deck, and they're like, "You're out of here." And I remember I pulled out my ticket. I'm like, "I don't care. I got better seats than these anyway." And they never they didn't throw me out of the stadium. Just out of that section. Yeah, uh, yeah that those were those were uh, good times. And I'm I'm trying to think. I've probably got something more embarrassing than that. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I wasn't always. A I mean, person. I've told you the story that's more embarrassing than mine, but I just don't want to repeat it here if I don't. Oh, know. I know. New Year's Eve, Luke of two thousand one. Uh, we went out in South Norwalk, Connecticut. Went back to the hotel that we had all got. I passed out on the bed. Fire alarm goes off. Okay. Luckily, I, that would that would have probably been the night I choked on my own vomit and died, like Bon Scott and, and Mama Cass. But luckily, uh, the fire alarm's going off and I didn't wake up. So my friends come in because we had multiple rooms. They kick the door down. They drag me out. As they're dragging me out into the center of the front door of the hotel, there's fire engines everywhere. Like somebody pulled the fire alarm or whatever, and I threw up 
all over the walkway to walk in, just piles everywhere. And this policeman comes over and he goes, Happy New Year. And he walks me over and they stand me up next to the uh to the fire engine that's there. Oh bottle dude. Water just trying to nurse me back. Well, then my friends just started oh, talking. Dude, I don't have time for this shit, man. And, and no, gotta... no one's paying attention to me, oh, Luke. No. Oh, did your video freeze? I don't know if you're still there. I'll finish this. Yeah, story. dude, finish the story. I we we got to wrap this up in like a handful I, I of minutes. Did not bro. mean to offend you on this holiday, Luke. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> no one's watching me suddenly, and I noticed this. So you ever see the side of a fire engine? They got all those little compartments and extra doors where they keep like the axe in and all this stuff. I just open one up and I start climbing up into it, Luke, and I'm fitting in sideways. And the police come running over. They're like, in the clock and the fire. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I go, no, 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 it's okay. My dad's a fireman. It's it's okay. It's totally fine. I don't know what I'm doing here. And then they removed me out of there and threw me out of uh, the front of the hotel, Luke. So that was about, that was probably the best stories I have. Thank you very much. Keep it rolling, I'm Luke. See, I'm glad to see you live a different life now. All right. What is the largest animal you think your co-host could fight off and kill? <laughs> the largest. What do you think? Now, that is an interesting question. When you are hiking in the woods with your you know wife and daughter or whatever, Luke, and I've had hikes when my kids were small where we have encountered both bears and bobcats. And luckily they didn't come running at us. We kind of stayed quiet and they from a distance went the other way. But you do ask yourself as a man, could I fight that thing off to protect them? Forget me, right? To protect them, Luke. If it came down to you and me together in the woods, I think you could fight off a deer. Um, anything small, even, even, yeah. you know, Bobcat, like, I, Bobcat will fuck your shit up, but I, I feel like I could, like, if, like, you know, life is on the line type shit. Yeah, you could like snap could the neck that. or some yeah. shit. You'd lose your hand, but uh, Luke, no chance with a beer, though. A bear, no chance. No, that bear is gonna win that ten times out of ten, easy. What's easy. in between a bear and a small crawling animal? Um, not much. Yeah, not much. Not much. I mean, maybe if we lived in Australia, there might be like like mid-sized kangaroos you oh, can kind of give like point. bus driver they, uppercuts to. Yo, they've got good form though. They're they're you know they they can throw combos and stuff. Yeah, but maybe yeah, again, um, you know, wild. No, I wouldn't fuck with wild boars. Fuck that. Nope. Those right, what about a homeless shit man? Apart. What about a homeless guy? <laughs> so is that the hardest prey? <laughs> All right, uh, Luke. All let's right. keep it going. Uh, both of you create a dream fighter. Picking one fighter to use for each category. Striking defense, chin fight, IQ, wrestling, and BJJ. Luke, who is the striking pick on this ultimate male we are concocting in the lab? A lot of different ways you could go. A lot of different styles. Not, not necessarily one or two or even five or ten right answers. But I'm going to go Israel Adesanya. Modern striker. I like what he offers. By the way, defense is kind of built into that. But um, okay, but just for the offensive striking component, I'll go Adesanya. What about you? Um, you know, Francis Ngannou. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty good. Okay. All right. Who's got the best defense? That's a tougher one. DJ? DJ's got good defense. Um, who doesn't take a lot of punishment? Honestly, Dom like guys like Habib don't take a lot of punishment. Dominic you know? Cruz in his prime? Dominic Cruz in his prime. Anderson Silva in his prime didn't take a ton of oh, abuse. That's a great point. You might have just for that re those reflexes. You may have to go Silva because he can yeah. put himself in insanely dangerous spots and not get hit. 
Yeah. Also, you I mean you could pick like a guy like Floyd if you're going boxing. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and by the uh, way, Luke, for anything that you want to debate about Floyd, like the greatest thing he had is is he is on the short list of the greatest defensive fighters of all time. And by short list, I mean like him and Willie Pep. Like that's one thing you really can't debate. I mean, you know, you could say, oh, yeah. he's not as offensively inclined as a Sugar Ray or a Sugar Ray Robinson or whatever, but his defense was was something that we'll never see again. I mean, that was insane how smart he I was. saw this guy doing the seminar on the Philly Shell, and he was saying like what it's about. He was actually explaining like how simple it is. Like the Philly Shell is not complicated about when a punch from a certain side comes, what do you do? Whether you roll with it or bend or parry or whatever you're, you know, parry it down. And he was saying though, like it's simple, but the difference is that you have to be a master at slipping. You have to be a master at reading what is coming at you and making a judgment call. And that itself takes, you know, almost decades to get good at, right? You have to start that at a very young age. And you have to get really kind of good at it. Once you've mastered it, you can put it together in the Philly shell package. But he was pointing out that, like, Floyd is, like, Im has impeccable reading on what is flying at him. You rarely ever see him get caught clean. It's super, super, super hard to do that, you know? Absolutely. Uh, uh, chin. And Who's got the best chin? He could go a lot of ways. I mean, Roy Nelson took a crap ton of damage and, and never really. How about Prime Noguera? Yeah. Prime Noguera's yeah. chin. I mean, he fought Bob Sapp and got spiked on his head and had like a fucked up neck in that fight and still yeah. won it, you know? Prime Fedor. Chin? He got rocked by Fujita in his prime. That's true. Dude, Noguera's chin in his prime was like the gold stand. You could say in his prime, BJ Penn's chin was fucking awesome too. Um, who else had a good chin in his prime? Vanderlei had a pretty good chin in his prime. I mean, he ruined Holloway. that shit. But Max Holloway's got Max Holloway has a sick beard. chin. <laughs> yeah. Um, fight I, IQ, Luke. You could go. I, I would go without question Mayweather in boxing and in MMA. Volkanovsky's, John Jones. Volkanovski and John Jones are pretty pretty great picks right there, right? Yep, they have super high fight IQ. Um, and on the women's side, we're not thinking of Valentina Shevchenko has high fight yes. IQ. Absolutely, absolutely super high fight iq um rose nami Yunus as well luke yes so i mean of course amanda as well but i mean it just goes without saying but you know um wrestling you got to go habib or you're doing it wrong luke yeah who else though like had like was really really good and dominant dude john jones in his time i mean i think that has waned over time but certainly yep. in his prime he, they just it was automatic takedowns were automatic um dc Give him, DC give him had great work. takedowns. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't go wrong with him either, honestly. Don't forget and about the jiu-jitsu. easy. Huh? BJ Penn, Chuck Liddell, takedown defense. Yeah, they didn't put it in there, but like BJ Penn in his prime could not be taken down. Um, Max Holloway has phenomenal takedown defense, honestly. That I mean, was why Usman, the Max. Usman's one of the best wrestlers this sport's ever produced. There's no question about it. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the funny thing about Max and Habib. I would rethink it now because I think Habib is just too overwhelming a force, even at 155. But I did think that. Remember when Max was briefly going to fill in before Ally Quinta got the call against uh, Habib yeah. and they actually had like, the presser? You mean this? It is true. Right I think, yeah. I do think Habib would have overwhelmed Holloway now, having seen a lot more tape. But even at the time, and I still maintain this, dude, Holloway's takedown defense is very, very good. Even if you can bring his body to the mat, that, that you can do anything with it is almost certainly not true, at least against his 145-pound peers. We, we for, say that. By the way, we, we forgot Mighty Mouse for Fight IQ. He belongs there as well. Fair Luke, enough. Two fights that never happen. I also have a poster for uh, Rockhold versus uh, Whitaker that didn't happen as well. Wow. Jesus. Well, the poster I, I want, though. Those two together. 
Yeah, I want the uh, the McGregor RDA poster. I've got the the key card for the hotel, but I don't have the actual poster. I'd like. To yeah, and then BJJ. This one's easy, right? Like it's a Demi and Maya, or it's a Hadra. Gra- well, Hadra Gracie had good like jujitsu, jujitsu, but for MMA purposes, oh, Charles Oliveira. You know, um, yeah. who are some yeah. other greats of the game? I mean, all the all the best have fought like Andre Galvan, BJ Penn, um, Tenkinho. Like we're huh? forgetting a modern person. We're just forgetting a, a, a Mackenzie Dern. I mean, know, I, like that. prime Ronda Rousey before the women caught up with her. Not jujitsu per se, but yeah, no, like but, nominal submission grappling. But just straight from zero to submission in, in six seconds. In uh, six seconds. Yeah, yeah quite I mean, literally. Like we, I will say historically, you know, a lot of what she did is going to be like, it'll be overrated. Not, not her pioneering or her stardom, but like the fact that she fought too early. But with, even with that said, like you could never take away from her the the technique and how quickly she just physically dominated people. I mean, that's, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. It's true. It's true. All right. Uh, that's it for us, dude. That's it. Okay. That's just a little holiday treat. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Get you through it. Uh, we have the energy to... of two uh, pre-euthanized, lobotomized zeros in this podcast. We'll point that out. the last time they made us do one of these, and I just mailed the whole thing in, Luke. <laughs> Um, you know BC and Luke will be back with a bang for December. We got big fights. It should be fun. Dravante Davis has a pay-per-view. Jake Paul's back. The UFC card on December 11th is batshit awesome. So, uh, look, this is your favorite show for a reason because we bring it. All right? So continue to uh, send your shit to morningcombat at gmail.com. Like, subscribe. Luke, what's our next goal? We're at 101K. What do you want to get to? Um, the next thing I have to do today after the end of this podcast, which is like right now. That's your next goal for subscribers. Okay, <laughs> great. Uh, good talking to you, Luke. We're out of here. That's it. You know.